Hey, busy business people. I am here today with another entrepreneur taking action, Katie Gall. She helps creative clients leave soul-sucking jobs and build businesses that support them financially and personally. And I'm getting the scoop on how she does it, so stay tuned. Okay, so to kick things off, like I would love to hear a success story. Like you don't have to name names, but I'd love to hear how you were able to help someone kind of take this journey from soul sucking job to, you know, being fulfilled in their life. Yeah, yeah, totally. So um, an example that comes to mind is actually a client of mine who literally in her first nine months reached six figures. Which I would say, like, that is not necessarily a selling point that I like harp on. But she was in a situation where she was somewhat being taken advantage of. She wasn't getting paid what she needed to get paid. She was doing a lot of work. A lot of work. Like, working all the time. I was watching her work all the time. And I didn't realize how little she was actually taking home. And so, you know, she has a partner she has uh like animals that she has to take care of she has things right she has other things that she needs to do and so her and I talked about like okay how can we transition out of what you're doing in this job into doing your own thing and she hit the ground running with it she did she was like checking off the boxes all the way she was an incredibly coachable person also <laughs> and and as, you know, as she kept building and building and doing the things that she needed to do, to do that, we dealt with the personal pieces that came up along the way, you know, the, the overwork, how do you balance life and work? How do you balance personal time with your partner? If you, this wasn't the case for her, but if you have children, how are you balancing family life? Right. Um, we hit on each of those things as we went and slowly over time, even though she hit the ground running, she's been able to make this something that's really stable and balanced. And now she has a huge team behind her that's helping her like reach all these crazy, amazing goals. It's been, it's been a really, it's something, it, you know, I'm really proud to have helped her with it, but I am also just really proud of her. Because being, yeah, yeah, I mean, being a coach at the end of the day means like I have expertise, I have guidance, I can help you connect the dots, but she's the one doing the work and it's been amazing. Yeah. Yep. Finding those really coachable people, that's always kind of the tricky part. You know, it's like you compare them up with the best coach in the world, but if they can't take the advice, if they hold on to fear, if they hold on to, you know, not being willing to take some of those awkward, uncomfortable steps. And it just is okay. hard. You just you feel for them sometimes. It's like I've ran into people like that. That's just like, oh, come yeah. on, just get past that one yeah. thing, like the one thing, and then you'll be yeah. good. Well, I mean, definitely, like the teacher in me, also because I'm a teacher and a coach. Uh, the teacher in me very much recognizes that, like, part of my job as a coach and as a teacher is to find that little way in with someone to help them move past that fear, to help them move past that blockage. Blockage? Is that a word? We're going to go with it. Blockage that they have. Yeah. Yeah, I think I've heard it called blockages, limiting yeah. beliefs, um, negative mindsets. I think, I mean, just about everybody's got a different name mm-hmm. for it. 
Um, but I think it was either it was Dean Gracioso or Tony Robbins or somebody, but they talked about the power of taking uncomfortable yeah. action. And it's like that has stuck with me because it's like every time I feel like, oh, I'm not sure. And then I'm like, okay, no, this is an uncomfortable action. And we just we just mm-hmm. have to take it. You know, it's like maybe do something to make it a little less uncomfortable if we can. Yeah. But I feel like just, there's power to taking those uncomfortable yeah. actions sometimes and just getting past Yeah, there's that. so much power in it. And there's a lot to learn about your body's response to stress and fear. What I what I usually say is you have you're allowed to feel the fear and then you do it anyway. Like you get to have both. Yep. You get to have both. And unfortunately, we're probably never going to just completely get rid of all the fears. <laughs> no, definitely not at all. But I think they change. And I think your relationship with it gets a little yes. different because it's like you feel it. But once you've pushed past it enough times and gotten a positive outcome, yeah then it's not as bad so i know like i've experienced that even in my own journey it's like you come up across things that are so just like oh my gosh this is terrifying can i really do this does it make sense and then you know just take the leap and then it's like oh well that wasn't as bad as i thought it would be and it almost never is right (laughs) absolutely and there is like science behind the the fact that like your body literally it responds to most stressors as if it's going to die and what you're doing when you feel the fear and do it anyway or take that uncomfortable action is you are teaching your body over and over and over again that that fear that it has not even necessarily that your mind has but that it can have is not a life or death situation it is something that you can survive it is something where you will be fine afterwards and so then it starts to calm over time yeah that makes a lot mm-hmm. of sense. So, like, we're talking about all the things that hold women back. Like, what are some of the most common things that you see? I have imposter syndrome is a huge one. So, with the women that I tend to work with, I tend to work with um, very go-getter type A, maybe A minus, maybe A plus, but in the A zone usually. Um, women who I call super women. Um, they, they tend to suffer from superwomen syndrome, meaning they're trying to be everything for everybody all the time. They really like being the hero. And when I say they like being the hero, I don't necessarily mean like it, a conscious thought. I mean, that's their automatic go-to reaction is, oh, if someone needs this from me, that means I have to get it to them. And so a lot of what the women that I work with are dealing with are being pulled is is that they are pulled in so many different directions that it's really hard they have a very hard time honing in on getting really really clear on what it is they are trying to do a lot of the time and even what it is they want sometimes because they have imposter syndrome telling them that they're not good enough they shouldn't because they have superwoman syndrome telling them that they have to be everything for everybody um because they tend to be people pleasers and so they are um they're trying to say yes to everything also they don't want to say no and all of these things end up meaning that we get in the way of our own goals yeah i think i was talking with somebody about something similar to that the other day and it was like i don't know what it is but for some reason this idea of people pleasing it doesn't sit right with me because I think that's like, I have all the same symptoms, but not that. Like, I don't really care if everybody gets mad at me, but it's like, I realized that I was kind of coming at it 
from a different approach where it's like to get someone else to do it would be more exhausting than doing it myself. So it's like, I've got six people in my house. I have three like teen slash adult kids in the mm -hmm. house. And then my dad lives with me and he's in his sixties and has COPD and lung cancer and all this kind of stuff. And then, you know, my husband and it's like, we run five different businesses between us. So there's like all these things. And it's like, if one of the balls gets dropped, if I delegate it to someone else and they drop the ball, like the consequences mm -hmm. are big most of the time, they're not small. So it was like, it's not necessarily that I wanted to do everything or that I wanted to please everybody. It's that not doing it myself was harder. Yeah. So it's like, I really had to, to make space for myself and to think about it a little differently. So it's like, that's just my, that was my different yeah, take on it. No, it's like, it's slightly different, but it causes a lot of the exact same problems, right? Cause you're still doing everything for yeah. everybody. So I actually started applying business principles to my household because I have adult kids, you know, it's like the, the youngest one's about to turn 17, but he already decided he wanted to be an adult. He already um, went ahead and got his GED. <laughs> you know, said, screw it to high school and he's already working mm -hmm. jobs. So, you know, he's actually the one that produces these podcast episodes. Oh, so yeah. it's like basically raising adults. I applied a lot of the same principles. We have a weekly staff yeah. meeting <laughs> where we go over what needs to happen yeah. that week. And it's like, we can all make an ask, like something we need from everybody that's selfish and personal and then, you know, do our chore lists. So it's like, I had to make, you know, I had to delegate the household the same way I delegate the business and that was the only way I made room for yeah. me. <laughs> I'm the first person first of all I totally suggested to clients doing something along those lines because you're not the first person that I've heard that idea from. I think it's uh, Kate Northrup in her book Do Less. I, I want to say that's where I heard this. I could be wrong. I am but I'm pretty sure that's it. She talks about how her and her husband who like co-run a business like they they do the same thing they sit down and they have like their personal business meeting because their lives you know when especially when you're running your own thing you might not have to do this if both parties both people in the family like go to a nine to five and they're done at the end of the day maybe you don't need to do this in that case but like when you're the one running the business from your house especially like there is no separation Unless you really actively create it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I like a lot of those principles too. I think like, you know, as gender roles have shifted over the decades and stuff, it's like, it used to be very clear cut, yeah. you know, it's like the guy was responsible for this. The girl was responsible for it. And what that created was somebody who owned a task, yes. you know, and in business, we say, that's what we have to do. Like nothing's going to get done if everybody's supposed to do it. Right. Like somebody has to take ownership of it. So it was like, when I started doing that, that's what I realized was that we started creating ownership with certain things in the mm -hmm. house. And it started like even teaching the kids that it's like, if something's going to get done, like you're responsible for getting it done. That doesn't mean you have to do it every time. If you have something else come up, but you're responsible for getting it done. You're responsible for how it yeah. gets done, for building the process of doing the thing. And it just it simplified everything. It was so crazy to me. It's like, once I started thinking of like the house as a business, <laughs> being like, we literally call it the household business. We have like a meeting cadence, like agenda that we use every time we come together. We have processes and systems. It just made it easier. It was so yeah. crazy, but it, that, it helped. I love that know? idea. And like, yeah, once my kiddos are older, I have a one-year-old and a four-year-old. They probably wouldn't listen well. <laughs> that business meeting <laughs> um, 
But yeah, once my kiddos are older, I absolutely plan on implementing some of it. And we already have a little bit with the four-year-old, but obviously it's yeah. I've talked to some people that have done it with kind of young, like four and five and six-year-olds. I don't know about like a one-year-old, but like a four and five and six-year-old. They basically just gave them ownership of something yeah. simple. And it was something they had to do every yeah. day. So they learned how to own a task. I mean, basic principles of it, but not quite the same yeah, thing. Absolutely. Um, we do like family movie night once a week and we rotate through. So in that meeting, it's like, what's the movie? What do you want to get for dinner that night? Mm-hmm. And, you know, stuff like that. So it's not all like it's kind yeah, of fun. Yeah. Too. So I don't know. That worked for us to just kind of, it's like that makes space for yourself. But then now you have to mentally still like, what I found was after I made space for myself, I still had more stuff holding me back in my mm-hmm. own head. So it's like I, I lost a lot of excuses. Mm-hmm. But what if this <laughs> is something that you ran into as well? Because you, you mentioned gender roles and how like, yeah, back in the day it was like the woman does this, the man does this. What yep. I have run into and what my clients have run into is this idea that like it's still the man does this. The man still works. But now it's the woman, the so the, I, I should I should preface the clients that I work with, are tend to be more at the beginning of this journey rather than further into it, right? And so, they the women that I work with don't realize that they're still stuck in the emotional workload that is expected of women still in society. So they all are trying to yeah. they are trying to be strong, independent women who run their own business, but at the same time, they're the ones who remember to do the laundry. They're the ones who wash the dishes. They're the ones who notice that the house is not clean. Like the things that those stereotypical gender roles are based out of, it's still very much ingrained in them. And that's another piece that tends to hold them back a lot of the time. Yeah, that's where assigning ownership yeah. kind of helped us a lot in the house was because it's like expecting other people to notice the same things that we notice it just, it, you want to hope that they do, but how much frustration is tied up in training someone to change an unconscious behavior? Because, like, my husband's very yeah, supportive, same. very incredibly mm-hmm. supportive. But it's like, he doesn't know. And what I found when I sat down and talked to him was that some of the things he knew they needed to be done, but he didn't know how to do them the way that I wanted them mm-hmm. done. So he wouldn't do them. So it wasn't necessarily that he didn't see them. It was, so it was like a whole conversation that we had to have. And it's like, I see this on TikTok and stuff all the time, all these women that are complaining and like, I'm not going to do his laundry for like three or four days and puts it in that basket and stuff like that. And it's like, that's just, to me, that's mind blowing. It's like, if that's a thing, just tell him it's a thing and then have him do his own. My husband does his own laundry. Everybody in the house has their own laundry basket. They do their own laundry. They have a basket in the room. I don't touch it. I do mm-hmm. mine. If I need help, I'll ask for help. If they need help, they'll ask for help. But yeah. it, it, everybody has ownership of yeah. tasks. And if it's not done, you know who to go to. If you're not sure how to do something, you go to the person who yep. owns the task. Yep. You know, and it's just that solved for so much of that, that I think like, you know, it kind of was accidentally solved back in the day in gender role that. norms and it's like when we start kind of coming back and saying like everybody in the house is responsible for keeping an eye on and doing dishes yeah then you just started creating all this yeah. tension that didn't need to be there like you know how do i do it correctly how do i know where stuff gets put up how do i know and it was like unconsciously they were afraid that they were going to disappoint me because i had a certain way i wanted mm-hmm. it done because i always mm-hmm. did it mm-hmm. <laughs> 
like, yeah. Okay. And then there's the delegation piece in that case. Because if you're handing off a task, whether you're in business or in the household, if you're handing off a task, it means that you are saying, I know that I've done this up until this point. I think this thing, this thing, and this thing is important about it, but like it's yours now. And you get to decide how it's done. Yep. Yeah. yeah, that was probably the hardest part for me because once I had delegated it, I had to accept it was going to be yes. done wrong. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> and it's like, and then they would go and they would change how it's done. And I'm like, why are we doing Never mind. I'm like, what is it I need to do? And I'm going to my kids and asking them to teach me how to do yeah. the chore <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that they have now taken yeah. over. It's just, it's a different, it's just a different approach, but it's yeah. good. But once you get past some of that, like, what do you find that people are still up against? So it's like they figured out how to make space mm-hmm. to to grow and actually be a person mm-hmm. again, like to be a human mm-hmm. again. Um, what else holds them back? What's kind of the next years? There's definitely there's a lot of fear around disappointing certain people and and not overcoming certain people. So, um, meaning making more money than your parents made, maybe, um, or choosing to do things, choosing to do things differently from how your parents had to do them in order to raise you based on whatever their situation was. Right. So I think there's an inherent difficulty in owning and believing the fact that you can, like you're the adult now, you get to decide, right? You get to decide. It's okay. It is. Uh, um, I'm thinking of one client of mine. Um, her uh, family of origin, parents were divorced. Mom was just a very like independent go getter. I'm gonna make it work. I don't need a man, kind of mentality. And so, a lot of what. And actually, like, I have a couple of clients. Like, I've been thinking about it. <laughs> I have an aunt like that. <laughs> totally. And so she is, she is really working on this delegation piece of like, of like, but I'm not supposed to need anyone else. So there's this like, I want to be there for everyone else, but I'm not supposed to need anyone else because that's what a strong, independent woman looks like. You know, and, and especially when you're starting out a business especially when you're starting out a business and you don't necessarily have the money to hire other people. There's like this additional, like, no, this is my business. I'm doing it alone. I have to be alone. Right. And so there's a difficulty in reaching out a hand and saying, please help me. And there's a difficulty in recognizing that it's okay to put like financial means towards getting some of that support. Yeah. Yeah. I think that is a mm-hmm. big one. So like to me and you, this just makes obvious sense why someone needs to make these changes, but why do you think it's important that someone needs to, you know, get out of these, these negative zones and into like go in this direction? Like, why do you think that's such an important thing yeah, to do? I, because nobody has done things alone. Nobody does things in a vacuum. Right. But we, live in a super individualistic society where like it we really hold up certain people as succeeding at dot 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 and we sort of don't give any credence to all of the support systems that were built up underneath them 
Um, and so I think this work is important because it's helping, because it's breaking down. It is, it is straight up showing someone how, how to break down those societal beliefs that you don't even necessarily know you have a lot of the time. They're unconscious at the beginning, certainly. Showing someone how to break down those societal beliefs so that you can actually accept the support that you need, so that you can actually grow the business that you want to grow, so that you can actually have the freedom in your life that you want to have. I think um, so many women feel trapped under societal expectations of one kind or another. And doing the work to build your own business means that you have control over all of that. And there's scary things about having control over all of that as well, obviously, right? But if you are the kind of person who wants to be in control of that, it, it is necessary for you to realize that it's not something that can happen alone. And it is necessary for you to realize that it's something that you're going to need support on in some capacity. Now, what made you decide that you wanted to go this direction, helping women get through all this? Yeah, yeah. Um, my, my story has lots of twists and turns. To it. <laughs> I, I uh, started out as a performer. I'm still a performer. I sing, I dance, I act on stage. I do all the things, right? Um, I'm also a voice teacher. So I already, I had a business as a voice teacher and as a performer for a long period of time, I sort of grew up knowing that that's what I wanted to do. And at a certain point, I realized that what that meant was that whether it was performing or teaching voice, I, I am my own business. I've just always been my own business. And whenever I was in employment situations, it's not that all of them were terrible. I've had some really lovely bosses in my life, but like there was just always something missing where like I can't do things in a better way because of bureaucracy or like I should be making more money for this thing or dot 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 right um and so again twists and turns I became a health coach due to a health scare I moved out of New York City I uh went on to become a life coach um and initially I was kind of just like a generalized life coach, like helping women become better. Woo. Which is kind of like vague and generic. And at a certain point, because I was working with a lot of performers and because I was in the business entrepreneurial world, I realized that like, oh, my clients are all building businesses. That like, they are, everybody's goal is to be able to work for themselves so that they can pursue some sort of creative career in addition to working for themselves. And sometimes working for themselves means being in that creative career, whether it's acting, dancing, singing, painting, whatever. Sometimes it's uh, what I call a parallel career that allows them the flexibility to pursue their creative, um, the creative thing that they want to do, whatever that might be. Um, so it's, it was kind of like this strange convergence that started happened at one point. Um, and when you're a creative person, there are plenty of creative people who like very much like their nine to five. They like the stability that it provides them. They're not looking to like make it to Broadway necessarily at this point. And that's fine. But for a lot of us, 
we need something that gives us financial stability so that we can move out of starving artist syndrome into financial sovereignty and the reality of the creative arts in this country is that it's not really subsidized in any way you know there's not a lot of help for it um so we have to we can't create if we're constantly worried about money so we need to fix the money piece and so having your own business is a way of doing that yeah i love that it's like that's most of the people that I work with, they're in that phase. They're like, they're being very much a generalist. They're being like, they're not really sure what direction they want to go. And it's like, okay, let's work on getting there. So it's like, I'm working with them on the flip side of where you're working with them and helping them really figure out like, how do you find, I call it your superpower. How do you find your superpower? Get really clear on it, build your raving fans and then create something that is high value for your raving fans and use that to, you know, to take it that next level. Um, so I love, we're kind of like on both sides of the fence and it's like, I love it. I talked to so many people that that's kind of where they're at is they're like, you know, I'm realizing that I really kind of sort of like working with a very specific group of people. It's like, yeah. great. Now let's, let's run with that. Cause there's so much you can do once you get to that realization that, you know, there's a small group that you can really have a big impact yeah. on yeah. And, and you're going to like create yeah. things. And that is definitely know? a piece of what I end up doing as well. Not necessarily within the coaching realm, but within other just like helping people niche down in whatever their business is. Um, and it's really interesting how I don't remember this. I remember this point in my journey where that was hard. It's really hard to mentally get past the, but if I say I only work with these kinds of people, then that means I'm turning away money from these other people. Mentality. Yep. Right. Yeah. Yep. That's a huge pain point. Almost everybody is terrified of niching mm-hmm. down. It's like they don't really see the benefits of it initially. That's why a lot of what I do is it's like, okay, leave your business over here being your business. It's fine. They can keep doing what it's doing. Let's focus on you and help them launch their personal branding website yeah. and launch funnels in on a personal yeah. brand so that they can niche without having to niche their whole business. They can kind of dip their toe in the water. And it's like, that works really well. Um, And they've been enjoying it a lot. It's like, it's what I'm doing myself, honestly, right now, even like I'm going through that, putting myself through my own advice. I Um, I have sort of come to the conclusion and I'm 34. I have many years ahead of me. This can totally change. Right. But I've come to the conclusion at this point in my life that like niching down is a constant like activity. And it doesn't mean you always have to be like, you don't have to like constantly be redoing your website or anything like that. But it's something that you're, you're always going to be getting clearer and clearer on exactly who it is you want to be putting your time and energy towards. Cause that's what it means. Like, yes, it's a paycheck, but it's like, that's who you're giving your energy to make sure it's the right people. Yeah. Well, and it ends up impacting so many things because it's like once you niche down into a certain group of people, you get really good at helping those people. So it's like they're getting a better side of you than if you continue to be a generalist. I mean, all of the other like the marketing and the sales and all that gets easier. Obviously, your messaging gets clearer. And that's what a lot of these gurus will tell you when they tell you to niche is how much easier all that gets. But what they don't tell you is how much easier the back end yeah. of it gets. Like, because you're servicing the same type of people, you get really good at coming up with solutions and you're able to deliver those solutions and you're able to get them results yes. faster. 
It's like, well, like say you're having the niching conversation with somebody. If you only have that conversation once every 10, 15 people, you don't get as good at having the conversation. You don't get as good at helping them overcome the objections. You know, it's something they need yeah. to do. But if every single client that you work with, you have the niching conversation, mm -hmm. then you start getting really good at having that yeah. conversation over and over and over and over again, you overcome objections. So instead of it taking six months to get someone there, you can get them there yeah. in a week where they can make that decision because you just get better at doing it. So you end up helping people yeah. faster. I feel like that's the piece that a lot of gurus, they tend to not really talk about the back end side of it because they're so hung up on the message clarity and the sales. Right. Like that's all good. That happens too. But when you feel like you're letting people down by not niching, it's like, you've really got to think about the positives of your relationships with them when yeah. you niche. So I don't know. That was, that was my little circle. Oh, no, I completely agree. And on. I think what's really interesting in my world is, um, so as a performer, I tend to do a lot of musical theater, a lot of classical. Um, and when you are going for auditions, which is the same thing as your consult calls, just heads up to everyone. When you're going yeah. for an audition, you want to make sure that you're going in for the right type. Meaning, like me as a person, I tend to be cast as the moms, right? I'm, that's, that is how it, it makes sense. I'm a mom of young children. Like. I tend to be the young moms a lot of the time. It does not make sense for me to go in for a role as a grandma. Like, age-wise, it doesn't make sense. Personality-wise, it doesn't make sense. It also doesn't make sense for me to go in for the role as the, like, introverted librarian girl. Like, that's not me. So it's the same I with, with my people who are very used to the idea of types, who are very used to the idea of, like, I do this one thing thing really well within the creative realm niching down can make a lot of sense to them which is which is nice makes my life a little easier a lot of the time but it's also like this really direct connection of like no we do this other places too this isn't just like a weird thing in yep. business this is all over the place if you're going for nine to five jobs you also niche down if you have a ton of experience as an insurance salesman you're not gonna go become a real estate agent necessarily you know like we do this all over life it just really gets scary when your paycheck directly depends on it oh yeah it's like we do it in our choices of where mm -hmm. to shop we do it in our choices of friends like you're gonna find yeah. common you know traits amongst friends and it's like every area except for business is just yeah. terrifying absolutely <laughs> absolutely business yeah well, um, I know we're kind of wrapping up our time here. Do you have any like final advice or tips that you want to share with our audience? I think it's like the big thing is what I said earlier, feel the fear and do it anyway. Like, like, like so that. much. Like yeah. Lot. So, <laughs> so much comes from allowing yourself to be scared. And then even while you're still scared, taking the action that you've either been told to take by a coach or that you know probably will help you yeah uh, yeah so that the other the other piece that i would say is visibility 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 you no one if people can't find you they can't hire you you've got to be seen yep. in some way <laughs> Well, I know we've talked a lot about kind of what you do and who you like to work with, but let's just put it out there really quickly for everybody here at the end. Yeah. Like, who do you work with? How do you help them? Where yeah, do they find yeah. you? Yeah. Okay. So I'm Katie Gall. My business is called Keeping It Real with Katie Gall. I'm a personal coach is what I call myself. 
um, which is basically means holistic business coaching for our creative women who want the freedom of a business that fits into their life, not a life that fits into their business. Um, my website is keepingitrealkatie.com. You can find me on Instagram at keepingitrealkatie, on Facebook at keepingitrealwithkatiegall. Yeah. Awesome. I love all that. So thank you so much for coming on and for sharing all of your expertise with our audience today. This is great. Thank you. Can I do, can I, can I share one other quick little thing? Yeah. Yeah. On my website, I have a little freebie um, that is a quiz that is called what is stopping you from committing to your shit? Um, <laughs> I swear heads up or curse, depending on where you were in the country, whatever you want to call it. Uh, uh, and it's a, it's a, Fun little quiz that tells you what inner nemesis is getting in your way. So if you're wondering what's stopping you, go take that quiz. Oh, I'm definitely going to be checking that one out. Awesome. That sounds like fun. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for sharing that yeah, with everybody. Thank you so much for having me. This has been awesome. Yeah, definitely. Okay, entrepreneurs, guys listening, this is your call to take action. Join our community at etatoday.zone and learn how to build a business that enables your lifestyle instead of taking over your life. Until next time, guys.